Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Let's join Craig Earlham, market analyst at Oanda. Very good morning, Craig. So the boss is back. Health being the priority, the difficulty is, of course, that his chancellor is planning a gradual wind down of the job support scheme, but also at the same time, it seems, um, offering a scheme to smaller businesses up to £50,000. What sort of signals did you get from yesterday? Because clearly there's been a step change somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really important change. The fact that these loans are going to be 100% state-backed um, by removing the risk from the banks themselves, it should make the whole process much smoother. Now, this in itself doesn't employ the potentially hundreds or thousands of people at these banks who need to actually process these loans and who need to do all the paperwork. But at the same time, by removing the risk from the banks themselves, it does um, it does incentivize them to kind of rush these uh, through, which in ordinary times obviously wouldn't be recommended, but these are extremely extraordinary times and these are loans which many of these small businesses need um, uh, to stop them effectively going under in a, in a matter of days or weeks. So I think this is an important move, one that which they seemed less keen to do before, but it seems that the numbers that they're seeing, the results that they're seeing, the pressure that they're coming under from businesses and from obviously uh, staff within those businesses, but also ma- major figures as well like Andrew Bailey at the Bank of England, it seems like these uh, the, these calls have not gone unheard and um, hopefully it's going to make a huge difference for many of these small businesses and it's always easy to forget that the small businesses are the biggest employers in this country. They are. Did you feel any sympathy with the banks who um, a couple of weeks ago were clearly um, put put in a kind of position where the government's saying one thing and businesses pulling at the other and the banks are saying we just really don't have the staff to process all this because as you just said, you know, these are extraordinary times, but at the same time, you know, there are shareholders in banks, there are customers of banks who'd be saying, well, you know, I just don't want you throwing the money away. Yeah, exactly. And they may only be taking on 20% of the risk, but we have to remember this, this isn't, this, this isn't like a film where someone walks into a bank, asks for a loan, the teller looks at their papers, gets the big red stamp out and says approved or denied. Uh, this, this is all based on risk modeling. It's all very automated at this moment, at this point. And um, it's those type of models which need to be adjusted to account for for the fact that they're taking lower risk, but also they're getting different types of applications. They're getting businesses coming through the doors now who were perfectly viable two, three months ago. But when you're putting them into their risk models now, the fact that their doors are closed and they've got no income in the last few months makes them no longer viable under the current risk models. And all of these things have to be adjusted in order for this process to be smooth and functional. And then you have to hire the staff and then you have to obviously train the staff in their roles. This all takes a lot of time. This is all at the same time, while many of these banks also hire many, many more staff and having to train staff and go through the procedures with regards to things like payment holidays because the number of these claims has gone up quite dramatically. This is, like I said, this is an extraordinary time. So I, I do think a lot of people now are working extremely hard to try and support these businesses and to try and keep people employed. But it's it was it's never going to be a perfectly smooth process because just of the sheer amount of work which needs to be undertaken in order to do this. But one of the things which obviously does alleviate that is to... Um, uh, it, it is to say to the bank, we will take on the risk in the short term if you can just effectively process these loans and keep these businesses afloat. And that's what that's what's been done. Uh, and I think that's a really positive step. The disentangling of the lockdown is clearly going to be very complex in a service industry. Um, to put some detail on that, I mean, you know, what, what's a restaurant going to do when you have to sit um, two metres apart from the other diners? In fact, maybe the person you're dining with as well. You know, that's the difference, isn't it? It's going to be a very, very odd, odd time. Um, 
I read a number of theories about how to do this over the weekend. For example, there's this bubble theory, isn't there, of getting people whom you know, you know, maybe your close friends or something, you know, are not suffering together and therefore you can meet and so on. But it's, it is going to be very, very difficult indeed. Um, we have no expertise in, in, in this kind of area, do we? I mean, what, what will it mean for the economy if this entanglement is very slow and sticky? Well, it just means it's going to take some time to recover and that we're not going to have this rapid bounce back. There is going to be some places where we are going to be able to bounce back quite quickly. Um, and I think we're already seeing it with things like um, you're a bit, if you want to spend online, then, you, then you, you've been doing quite well throughout this process. You look at a company like Amazon, who I think I highlighted last week, their share prices soared back to record highs uh, and above uh, because they're, they're, they're effectively operating as normal. The only thing they're not really doing is next day delivery at this point. But that's not going to deter people because they've got a lot of time Time to spend at home and wait for yeah. and anything they order to arrive. Um, but there's going to be other companies who haven't been delivering for all this who are going to be ready and waiting to deliver once they've given the all clear. So they they could put they, they'll probably bounce back quite quickly as well. But then you say like bars and restaurants, the, these kind of industries that we rely on um, uh, and that are part of the backbone of this economy are going to take a lot longer to recover. You say you talk about social distancing. How's that going to work in a restaurant? Well, how does it work in the, the, the pubs which so many people frequent in, uh, across the UK telling people what we want you to do is we want you to come to this social gathering place and be as unsociable as possible stay away from the people you've come to um, that you've come to uh, spend some time with uh, and, 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 all, and it, it, it gets really really tricky so I think really for the, the rest of this year it's I think many of these places they're going to be the last to open obviously but they're also I think going to take the longest time to recover and it could be a good 12 months the, before we start to see any resembling yeah. anything normal it's going to take a very brave politician to be able to say do you know what the reality of life is we're going to have to live with this and it'll be a bit like the common cold it may be slightly more severe in places but actually it's not going to go away we and and we are clearly not going to be encouraging pubs to work when you can't actually talk to anybody that you know social gatherings are social gatherings we are social people in lots of ways i cannot see that going away can you i mean somebody is actually and it, it may take a year as you say to do it but is that not the 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 truth of it that nothing is risk-free yeah absolutely and th this is going to draw a lot of attention on the kind of permanent side of the unemployment rate as well so we've had this scheme which has saved so many jobs saved thousands hundreds of thousands of jobs um because the government is backed 80 percent of uh, of people's wages and in many businesses that may work out pretty well and many people will just return to work afterwards and can continue to operate as normal but i think the pubs and restaurants is always a prime example because just because these people the the, the job are protected for now when these places reopen they're not going to be at capacity like they were before so before when you'd have had five bar staff or maybe now you'll have one before when you'd have had um 10 waiters in your restaurant maybe now you'll have one or two because you just don't have the the clientele that necess necessitates um these people returning uh, and being uh, and working these evenings or working these days and the government's not going to prop up their salaries forever so while it may preserve their jobs in the short term in the medium term they, this, uh, many people are still likely uh, to lose their jobs on unless the government continues uh, to offer this kind of support, which I expect it won't in the long term. Um, and therefore, the unemployment rate is still going to uh, spike higher and you're still going to have the economic damage which is associated with that. The only upside is that people do have some time to prepare for that now um, and save uh, um, and try and protect themselves in the, in, in the longer term. But th there is still many, many 
big complications to come from this. Indeed, basic shopping appears to have changed as well. Tesco this morning is saying that uh, we go less frequently to a supermarket. It's pretty obvious, I suppose. But when we do go, we shop for more. So it's one big shop at a supermarket. I have to say where I live, that's ex- I-, I did my shopping, as it were, on uh, Friday. That was precisely the case. Big shop. And then if we needed anything else, it's on to delivery services. And I think that's the way forward, isn't it? That's what's going to happen. We've all been to the shops. We all, It's not somewhere where we want to be going out to very much. Obviously, we only meant to leave our hose for um, for essential needs and exercise. And, um, and when you do go, it's not exactly the most pleasant experience queuing up outside the store and then socially distanced within a confined space. Uh, and obviously, you don't to put yourself and other people at risk so we are trying to um to add to the the amount that we're carrying and i, I can say for one my arms have almost fallen off numerous times trying to carry enormous amounts of shopping home uh it, it kind of i guess kind of feels like the old days although i've moved from uh from uh, a normal uh, from from uh, near Liverpool to uh, London so obviously using more convenience type stores is has become more of the norm uh, but this kind of all one big weekly shop feels a bit old school to me so it's, I guess it uh, feels like a bit of a blast from the past. Now then Germany in trouble again we sort of knew this before the Covid outbreak didn't we this is one of the big engines of Europe actually slowing down quite considerably again um, it'll take them a long time to come out of lockdown just like us presumably. It will, but um, I guess they've also suffered far less considerably. Uh, I think the the case count and the death toll has been far lower in Germany, uh, and therefore that may um, ease the pressure on them to to move too slowly. Uh, I think obviously when you're looking at the UK, I think there's going to be a lot uh, a lot more uh, a lot more caution. Uh, Approached because uh, of the way the government was criticised in the early days, and I don't think they want to be seen to be uh, rushing back, uh, which is a very understandable approach when you look at the the numbers which we are getting from here in the UK. So the, the economic toll that we're going to see on various economies is going to be is going to look slightly different. Uh, we can see that the GDP is likely to contract by at least six percent according to the uh, the lead government forecast from Germany. When you when you consider that we're facing the prospect of a thirty five percent contraction in the second quarter here in the UK, of course that is quite exacerbated and that will bounce back but you'd expect that our year or uh, full year contraction is going to be sharper than that but i think this is something that's just expected around the world and germany um, is not immune from that like the rest of us we're on the cusp of the big earnings season one of the big earnings season um and we're going to see a lot of companies through through whose numbers we need to look through because People like you will be saying, well, all these are fine. A, what does it show us? And B, how are these companies rebuilding their balance sheets? That seems to me f- to, to me to be fairly crucial, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's going to be this week alone is going to be quite interesting because you're going to look at you. We're going to be looking at companies that are going to have dramatically different results. We've got Amazon reporting on Thursday. People are expecting knockout results. Facebook, you can imagine, are probably the results will be quite good because people have been spending a lot more time at home and online. And then you look at other companies like Starbucks. They've had no stores open, so how do you make money? Uh, Boeing, uh, obviously, the, the the problems have been well reported. So it's going to be a really interesting week with a, a wide variety of, of results going uh, on. And even within companies, um, as, as we saw last week with some companies, you see some products are selling extremely well and other products the products are selling uh, less well. So I think this week we've got a third of the US S&P 500 all reporting on earnings. So I think we're going to have a wide array. I think obviously 
the the, the bulk is going to be uh, to the downside. But I think we're going to have a much better picture at the end of this week, even if the, many of these companies aren't reporting full year outlooks because they just simply don't know uh, what that's going to look like. Um, I think we'll have a much better idea at the end of this week what kind of a position corporate America's in. Look forward to talking to you then, Greg Earlham. Thank you very much indeed. This Bye. is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 